Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. All right, let's do it. This is Audio Signal Podcast on ITSP Magazine, and I am Marco Ciappelli. If you're watching the video, because lately we're doing a lot of videos, you can see that with me, I got Ted and Ben. And if you listen to the audio, here they are. Ted Good. and Ben. Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> yeah, and this is the, 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 the less prepared conversation. Not that I really prepare for podcasts in general, but at least you know, I read a couple of things. This is just a friendly conversation about podcasting. Uh, either if you're doing it for the InfoSec community or you're doing it for a book club or you're doing it for for goods, whatever you, you do. This is this is what does podcasting means for you? Mm-hmm. What does podcasting mean for our personal brand, our promotion, how we do good, how we connect with the community? And so this is number four of this series. And uh, Ted and Ben are running... Tech Done Different podcast on ITSP Magazine. A little bit of mm-hmm. self-promotion here. And we're just going to have some fun. So, Ted, let's start with you. A little introduction about yourself. I'm not going to read it. There is too much to read. So <laughs> just, just give me a summary. Sure. Yeah, so I am a leader of Ethical Hackers. And we have a company called ISE that does uh, helps companies who are looking to find vulnerabilities in their systems and make those systems better. So we do security testing and consulting, stuff like that. And then we also recently started a, uh, a software company that helps with vendor risk management. And I wrote a book that sort of catalogs the things that we've seen companies get right and get wrong about how to do that properly. Uh, it's called Hackable. And for those of you watching, it's <laughs> place right over my shoulder <laughs> the only book on the bookshelf um and uh and i asked ben to help me with this podcast i don't know a few months ago i can't remember now ben but um yeah we've been doing the show for about two years i think something like that and then um, ben joined us at isc and he's been awesome like from day one i was like i'm probably gonna have ben join me on this show so ben let's hear about you <laughs> Too kind. Uh, so I'm Ben. I'm the senior solutions consultant at ISA. I work with Ted and our clients. You know, um, usually I'm on the end of things where clients need to determine what kind of actual services they need. Uh, as you might expect in the ser- in the security field, it's very difficult to actually figure out, especially when you're a decision maker, maybe not super technical, where you're actually going with this stuff. So I usually jump in there. Uh, I have not written a book. <laughs> I have a chapter in a book somewhere. I have a background in IT and security uh, management. And so I came to ISE last year and I've done a number of uh, media things. It was funny when I, I applied here, I saw one of the things they were looking for is they were looking for people with experience in, in media. 
And I took that to mean, oh, people who create media. And so like I had done some TV interviews and radio things, and I'd written some blogs and other things, usually about compliance and security, et cetera. So that's what I thought they were looking for. And so uh, it was kind of a nice fit when I came on board to do my job and and start to create content here at uh, ISE too, including the podcast, Tech on Different. Sounds good. And I love yeah. the fact that Ted has been doing this for quite a while. And Ben, you just did, I don't know, maybe three episodes on your own and one or two with Ted, I think. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 you, I have to say, I'm very impressed because you sound really professional and it sounds to me like yeah. you've been doing it for a very long time. So that's that's great. That's very um, kind of you to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this is, like I said, is a very open conversation about what podcasting means to you and to your company, to your brand, and everybody has his own brand, right? Sometimes attached to a company, sometimes it's attached to just yourself as a consultant, as a writer, as an actor, as an athlete, whatever. And I know, Ted, you brought like even athletes on your show. So I, I like how very eclectic you, you are. Uh, let's start with you. So when you decided to have your own show what 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 did you envision and after many many episodes is it your perspective changed a little bit about what podcasting means to you or or is this mm. the same mm. i'm gonna think about the second part of that question as i answer <laughs> the first one <laughs> i'm gonna be doing two things at once here yeah. uh so we we started this show in the middle of the pandemic. And the reason that we really wanted to do this was to create a way to continue to foster those uh, conversations and relationship building and meeting new people and getting exposed to new ideas. Those things that happen just by nature of like going to conferences and uh, like taking clients out to dinner, like you just get exposed to new ways of thinking. And as everyone went into lockdown, I was like, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. And so what am I going to do? Just like be in my own thought bubble and, you know, the few people that maybe I uh, interact with. And so it was a great way to continue to like trigger new thoughts. And I love that. And we really, I think maybe I'm one of the few people who created a podcast, but I did not create this with the intent to brand, do any branding around myself. Um, I mean, I do a lot of things already that sort of like I have built a brand around myself to some extent. But the point of this really wasn't, it's not like the Ted Harrington show. You know, it's like, I don't, I didn't, in a way I say to Ben all the time, like, can you just do this without, <laughs> like, I'm like can, can I not do this? Um, because what really what I think the show is for in terms of like why we built it, like with the support of the backing of our company was we wanted to foster these interesting discussions. We wanted to meet people that we're interested in and that we can learn from. And if we can do those things and we can help an audience think differently than about an area that is uh, overlapping interests is what we're interested in, then I know good things will happen. And so that's why when you look at the, the structure of the show, it might be surprising that some security people put together a show that isn't specifically about security at all. Like, cause I wanted to get CTOs on the show and I was worried if it was too focused on security would a CTO be like, eh, our PR people don't want me to do that. But can I get a CTO to come on and tell me about their, their leadership principle? Yeah, they definitely can do that. And so the second part of your question, what has changed? I think 
well, the biggest change is I asked Ben to come do this. Uh, you know, we were, we're sort of playing with the format and it was like, well, wouldn't I pose it to Ben as a question? Like, wouldn't it be cool if, and I can't remember what the exact question was, but whatever it was that he said in response to that, I was like, yes. And, uh, so that's how we have this format now or like some, I do myself, some Ben does himself and some we do together. And I feel like each of those, I mean, that itself is thinking differently. And that is mm -hmm. like how many podcasts are like that. And I think that's really fascinating. And I was excited to try to change up the format in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's really not a good thing. And I said, I advise that new host to don't corner yourself too much into a specific topic. Keep it broad because time change, topic change, and also you change, like your passion change. And why not having a conversation? Because in the end, I am a big believer that people listen to you because of you and how you carry the conversation on many different topics. It's not just the topic itself. Mm -hmm. um, this said, Ben, how was it to just get in and, and you know, on a, on a moving train already and, and kind of like, were you matching kind of what Ted was already doing? You thought, nah, I'm going to bring myself. You know, I, uh, Ted and I are, I, there's a lot we share in common, but ultimately we're very different people and we talk with a different voice. We, we act differently and I can't come into the podcast thinking I have to do things like Ted because I can't be Ted and can't, Ted can't be me. And, um, I, you know, I, when I, my view of content in general is that, uh, it's ultimately about the audience and what the audience is coming to hear. And if you're looking to reach a certain audience, you need to deliver them content that that they feel good about. Um, you said they're coming to I, I, one little thing. I guess I kind of disagree with you on Marco is you said the people are listening you to the podcast for impossible. No, not allowed on this. No, you said the the people, the audience is coming for 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 you. You know, I really think they're coming to entertain themselves or to listen to something or to gain something. Maybe they like us and that's great. I, I really want people to like us. Um, but um, if they can like us all, all we want, if they don't feel like the nature of the conversation is interesting, if it's not enlightening them in, in some way or making their, their day better, then we kind of failed. Um, so yeah, true. my view, my view has always been, and it doesn't really matter whether it was a blog or a webinar I did, or maybe a live panel or like a TV appearance or something. It's really, uh, what are we trying? What's the message we're trying to deliver? Who are, who are we trying to deliver it to? And so in that sense, you know, coming into this thing a little bit blind, it was more about this show. This is who we're talking to. What is the audience going to gain the most? And that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to worry about the history of things. I don't know what happened 80 episodes ago. <laughs> no, that's that's a good approach. You got to you got to keep it. Ted was fumbling. That's what happened in the episode. Ed was figuring it out. <laughs> Needed a backup. That's the story. No, but I think you get excited in different way when you have somebody. I mean, I know, you know, many times Sean and I, we have this dynamic. We've done, I don't even know how many podcasts that we kind of know what the other person is, is about to say. We make fun of each other. Mm -hmm. But then there are conversations that I'm, I'm happy to have by myself because I have my own you know, my own style, Sean has his own style. So, th th but there is the fun of, of doing it in both way. Uh, Ted, uh, what I want to go in with you, if you can tell me, as, as you said, you had so many different guests, you had speakers, mm -hmm. you have athletes, you have people that didn't talk about cybersecurity at all, different kind of technology, but the, the core has always been, what do you do different? 
how do you think outside of the box? I mean, you, you can translate the, the title in many different ways. So yep. um, I don't know. I learn a lot. Every time I have a conversation, I feel like I, I come out of it understanding something in a different way. So mm. what have you learned and what have been maybe some moment of some conversation that you really, really enjoyed? Uh, there's one thing that I definitely do in these interviews is very selfish and it is, I present a problem that I'm actively working on. And that's really fascinating to me because it's, it's not just theory anymore. And when they, when they answer in some way and I'm like, well, hold on a second, let me, you know, I'm able to actually put my own problem into it. I don't always out that that's maybe a problem that I'm dealing with, but a lot of times that I, I do and I find that, I mean, that's like maybe a reason to start a podcast, period, is like, <laughs> just go get the foremost expert, help you solve problems all the time. And I think that's, that's just really, really cool. And I think that people, our guests, they maybe at first don't immediately jump on the idea of like, we even have people when we'll, we'll invite them, they'll say, oh, well, I don't know what I do that's that different. You know, yeah. I don't know how I can think differently or help other people think differently. And Ben's really, really good at helping like talk that around to people. Not that he's like persuading them or, or anything. He's just like, well, hold on. Here's why we think you do differently. And mm. we don't even know the person yet. And we're able to list like three or four things we observe about them. Like, oh, you're a, you're a, maybe you're a minority in a, this type of, you know, ethnic or gender minority or some other type of minority, or we've seen this thing that you do. And that is different from what we've seen other people do. Can you just talk to us about that? And, uh, and then when people start get going, you just learn new ways to think about everything all the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. Ben, how you do that? How you, how you become a shrink? Because right. <laughs> I feel like when you host the show, you're a little bit of it. You know, you're not the first person to tell me that, that I, <laughs> I, I do that kind of uh, psychology thing. I ha Well, I get a little uh, couch. I tell them to lay down, relax a little bit. <laughs> We're going to talk through some issues. Feel free. This is a safe space. Now, uh, we, uh, you know, before every, uh, I'll tell you how the sausage is made, so to speak. Before every podcast, we have like a very brief pre-call. Um, and it's usually me doing them. And honestly, I don't really know that much about who we're talking to beforehand. You know, we've reached out to them in some way. Maybe sometimes we have a personal relationship with them, but most of the time we don't know anything. And I just tell them, I have my little notepad up. Just tell me some stuff about you, like your history. How did you get into this? You know, and I, I'm just, and they just hear me typing away, clicking away for a while. And I just look for things that sound cool, you know, things that sound neat to me, something that I can elaborate on. And when people say, well, you know, what's so interesting about me? I'm, I'm like, there's probably plenty interesting to say about you. I mean, it's kind of my job as a host or co-host to, to make sure that I pull that out of them. You know, their job is they've already done, they've already become an expert. I just need to get people to see what I see in them. So uh, yeah, just ask them a lot of questions, put everything out there and try to make it a little organic too. So, you know, I'll do this pre-call, it's maybe 10 to 15 minutes tops. Uh, some of it is technical, you know, how do you connect all this other stuff? But a lot of it is tell me about your background and I'll say, well, I really see an interesting theme here. And that theme is about, you know, we had a guest on recently who came from a wildly different, um, educational background and like knowledge background that you would expect for someone in his position. Well, let's talk about how you got there. And then the theme of that episode is really about, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself into something that you think you are. Anybody can be anything. You just have to, you know, believe that sort of thing. 
And that's just kind of how I do it. It's find that one little nugget in the pre-call. And then the whole conversation is really going to be about that one thing. Uh, and usually when you find that nugget, people are very interested in talking about it. People do like talking about themselves. It helps, you know, relax the guests a little bit. I think a lot of people are just nervous being on a show period. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when you're able to talk to them about things that they feel comfortable with, it really makes everything better. Absolutely. Ted, how do you do that? How do you make people comfortable? If you do, I don't know. Maybe you make them uh, comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I try to joke around a little bit during before we before we hit recording. One of the things I really like about recording with Ben is that Ben Ben's really good at that about uh, like injecting humor and stuff. And uh, I think our shows are funnier when we're going together. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I don't know. It. Just trying to like joke around. Yeah. Sorry, I, go I was gonna say I like one of the challenges and what I try and do for the show more is try to ask like one or two little like weird questions something that maybe they're not expecting something that i picked up on that they're not expecting me to ask about i i like framing them in weird ways like i love looping around (laughs) on it i start with one thing and you think i'm going to ask about something but then tell me you know uh you know with uh, a recent guest andrew i'm like well how did you uh, what tell me about ethically stealing a baby (laughs) and then they just sort of stop for a second but I mean, I love that kind of know. disruptive energy. I just think it makes the, the show a lot more interesting for the guests, for the audience, everybody else. Yeah, well, that's when the audience is probably going to like, what the hell? <laughs> what yeah. is this? That's what I want. <laughs> so I, I like to think about what would the audience ask now? Because some conversation I can get pretty deep, either in the business or in quantum computing or stuff that i don't even know i mean i talk a lot Mm. about space exploration with astronauts and i'm like i'm very curious (laughs) like i am the audience right so did you ever stop like wait a minute let me rewind this because it may be that somebody in the audience may kind of lose what this is all about let's bring it down to a more understandable level so do you think with the audience in mind I, I definitely am doing that. Yeah, when um, I I see this happen frequently, where a guest will they'll have an assumption about the knowledge base of an audience. They'll use mm-hmm. jargon, or even if it's like an a widely understood term, um, the way that I generally will deal with that is to either myself define it in my response, mm-hmm. or yeah. ask be, uh, say, "Oh, you brought up this interesting thing. Just so we don't lose anyone, can you?" define it and i think one if you do that once i found the guests they recalibrate their level of discussion and that's that's pretty impressive there's only been i mean we've i forget what number we're at now we're somewhere like in the high 80s or 90 episodes there's been three additional episodes that will never air uh one was two of them were just the guest was Oh my God. The, the guests like went down these rants and you couldn't pull them back from the rants and their sound was awful. And they like were complaining about stuff. And it was like, I, I'm in the episode. I'm like, I know we can't air this. This is so bad. Mm. And, mm. and I felt really, you know, you feel bad. Cause I, you, tr- you try as hard as you can to get that guest to like deliver something of value to the audience. And it's just not going to happen. The third one that we won't air breaks my heart. We won't air it. Cause it was such an incredible episode. We got, um, so in any major league baseball team, there's on the, on the baseball side, the highest ranking person 
is the general manager. That's the person who makes the trades and all that stuff. And anyone who follows any baseball team knows who the general manager is of the team they care about. Their peer on the business side is, I, f I forget what the title is for that person, but that person makes all the business decisions about things like, well, how much are we going to charge for tickets? Are we going to do promotions differently? How do we you know, do community events, stuff like that? And we got the guy who's that role for one of the major teams that had just won the World Series a couple years ago. And he comes on and he tells these incredible stories about like the season was not going well. It was like a, it was like a movie. The season was going well and someone came like in. A and, like a Ted Lazo. <laughs> it, was, it was even more riveting than Ted. I love Ted Lazo, but it was like, you know, he comes in and I, the turning point was like someone's walk-up song. They, they chose and it like somehow got people fired up and it got the community involved. And it was like, and then they won the world series that year. He tells this amazing story from like in the locker room. And it was so incredible. And then his PR team was like, you did what? No, you can't air that. <laughs> so I have this like most incredible episode you can imagine just sitting. No one will hear it except for our team. Oh, man. I know what well, I'm doing later. You're, you're, you're still got that experience. So you're lucky you did that. For a moment, I thought you were going to tell me the story that happened, actually, too. I'm just going to shame Sean here. We were on a location, RSA conference. Uh, I mean, he makes jokes about that all the time. And we, we sit down with our friend, actually, at Casey Ellis, Bar Crowd. And uh, it's, it's on, on location recording. So we had this beautiful conversation. We had breakfast while we were talking. And Sean never hit play. Never hit record. <laughs> So we did uh, it again the day after, thankfully, you know, but you know, there are these uh, technical malfunctions here and there. So in your case was the, the, it went well, <laughs> everything went yeah. well, except PR said, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't ask us permission. No, yeah. well, maybe you can keep it. Maybe one day you can get permission to, to air that. Never know. Maybe when he leaves and goes to a different team, we'll just be yeah. like, all right, no one's in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, ben, um, you said something before we actually, when we were waiting for Ted and we were chatting around, like, you know, let's say, you know, I, I'm, my passion is for radio and, and media in, in general, even before podcasting. And then I said, you know, podcasting is, you're not really reinventing anything. It's still like radio. And you said you had some opinion on, on that so I, i'm curious yeah. to know what is your that you were thinking about yeah so i mean um the one really nice thing and i was listening to another episode of this podcast audio signals and i was that, that sort of made me think about it which is that when you're talking about things like podcasts the rails are really removed you know um you don't really have somebody over your shoulder telling you this is what the message has to be this is what the show has to be this is how long it has to be the level the types of questions you're making who you're making them to the length of them etc it's it's my questions it's my guests it's all this other stuff and there's something very liberating about that and uh in the sense and i would say this about user generated content in general whether it's a podcast or youtube or a blog or something like that and what i really like about it is it removes a lot of friction between the creator and the audience. Uh, you, you're able to say what you think or believe or your research or whatever it is, and you're delivering it directly to a person. If they want to reach out to you, they can find you, you, you know, through LinkedIn or whatever it is, and then you can have a direct dialogue about that. And I find that to be uh, very rewarding personally. Um, you know, uh, when 
someone actually you know reads a blog or listens to a podcast that you have and they said well you, i really like this one point that you made or this thing that you mentioned i find that very fulfilling it means that it's some part of somebody's brain they're thinking about something i said and it made a difference to them I, I just find that great and i think you can only do that in sort of this user at least today in this sort of user generated content space like podcasts where you can just put stuff out there come up with an idea you don't need to have super incredible technology in place. I mean, you could do this with basic laptops, webcams, and inexpensive USB microphones. And you can put something out there and maybe make a real connection with a lot of people. It's really true. It's more spontaneous. And I think that's also the reason why there are so many podcasts to start and so few that just last more than few episodes too yeah um th maybe we can talk about that so it's easy um but is it as easy that you can do it without any preparation any strategy any thinking i mean how where do you draw the line between something that you will actually listen to there is a touch of commitment let's say versus damn this is really yeah is really lose. <laughs> I, I can only speak to my mindset with this, yeah, which is, and you know, this is, this is, this, this is the thing that makes me feel like I'm doing this professionally, whether it, this works for other people is something totally different. Um, I, I like that little mix between the organic and the prepared. I, when I'm, when I'm doing the pre-call, it's get a few little nuggets, make sure the audience feels comfortable with the, or the guest feels comfortable with the recording. And then I usually write like, three or four basic questions, things I know I want to hit um, in terms of the interview. And that's really it. Everything else really needs to derive from that. So I need to be reacting to what they say. I need to put myself in the position of the audience. What might the audience question the guest on based on what I just said or what they just said uh, and, and sort of go from there. Um, it's, it's, I don't think it's a good idea just to connect and just do a a random conversation without at least a little bit of agenda. But if you have too much of an agenda, if you're too rigid, it's going to come off as unnatural, unfriendly. It's going to feel like you're going through a, a quiz or a, some kind of exam at the, uh, or something like that. That's not really the vibe mm -hmm. we're looking for. We're looking for people to have a fun conversation and talk about the things they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, to do that, I think you, as a, as a host, doing a little bit of preparation to put your, your guest in that comfortable position really goes a long way. Totally. Ted, uh, maybe you can add to this. And I know you actually, if I'm not wrong, you, you did a TED Talk, right? A while back? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I know that I haven't done it, but I heard it's a lot of preparation. People think people just go on stage and, <laughs> and they talk. There's actually a lot going on behind talk. that. Yeah. So I would, I would love your perspective about what Ben talked about, what we're talking about, about spontaneous and and also your experience, maybe how you compare this with the, I don't know, with the TED talk and maybe even with the writing of a book. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe I'm, I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you. You pick what you want. Yeah. Well, no, it's a good contrast actually to draw. So I think, I think you, you approach those three things differently. Probably giving a TED talk and writing a book are probably more similar to each other than the podcast so i agree with everything that ben has said i think what makes a podcast it's funny I, I don't really listen to podcasts so it's hilarious that i have a podcast <laughs> people are like oh what's your favorite podcast i'm like 
I sometimes listen to the ones. I was going to ask you that, so I'm glad that you just threw it out. You can ask me about it. Okay. I'll just just out myself as someone who doesn't listen to podcasts. So I'm going purely off instinct right now when it comes to podcasts. I'm not going off, well, here's, I listen to them, those, the best performing. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know. What would, what would I think a person would want to listen to? And I think what person would want to listen to is a new idea or a new frame on an idea that they're already aware of helps stimulate their thought process. Now, maybe not everybody wants that, but I want to create a show for people who care about that. And that's what I, we set out to create. And so if we do that, then what's the style? Okay, well, the style should be conversational. And that is where I think what Ben's getting at, and I totally agree with, like when I do a pre-call, sometimes the guests will start to say like their thoughts on the idea. And I will literally tell them to shut up. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I want the natural version of it. I don't want you know, Sean not hitting record. And then we have to do like the not as good version the next day. Cause you're like, you change or whatever. <laughs> sorry. I'm actually not sorry. I want to, I want to call Sean and tell him I totally threw him under the bus. Do it. Do it. Um, <laughs> but that's really, really different from giving a, any talk, but Ted talk in particular. And here's one of the primary differences is the, the perception that people have about people who give those very natural talks. It's like, we've all seen it, right? When someone gets on a stage and they're just like, they're just so comfortable. They know exactly what they're talking about. Their body language is relaxed. They hit the exact right points. And you walk away feeling like that person just stood up and just said what they thought. It takes so much effort to look like you didn't prepare. And that is such a common misperception. I hear people say it all the time. They're like, well, I don't want to, you know, rehearse this talk too much because I don't want it to seem forced. And it's like the, what makes it look not forced is putting in the work. And most people don't get past that. There's that first hump when it's just, it's brutal. You're like, you don't have it memorized. You're, you're, you're not exactly sure how to say it. Your body language isn't right. You have to get through that. So for me, like my TED talk is, it's about 15 minutes long. And I rehearsed probably, I stopped counting at a certain point, but my estimation is I probably rehearsed at least a hundred hours for a 15 minute talk. And it's by the end, it was like, I'm doing this. It was just like again and again and again and again and again of the same thing. But what ends up happening is you now, it becomes permanent in your memory. Like I could probably right now, I, I haven't given that talk in like, four or five months, I could probably give 90% of it right now because it's so burned in my memory. And, um, and then you're like, you figure out your body language and inflection and, oh, this would be a funnier way to like insert a pause or something. So to give a talk that feels natural, you need to rehearse the hell out of it. To have a conversation that's natural, like on a podcast, I think you need to actually be having a conversation. And those are two different things. Great point. Great point. Yeah, I was surprised when I heard that myself. When the how much people get trained on how you move, how you pause, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I, I was one of those thinking, "Yeah, I can do it. I'll go there yeah. and just just talk my mind." I don't know. Yeah, and that and those hundred hours that I just mentioned, that was just for this one talk. That doesn't <laughs> account for the years and years and years and years I've spent on stages building up to this point. Right. Yeah. But like those fifteen minutes, that's probably tens of thousands of hours that went into that if you think of it uh, collectively as Mm -hmm. the level of effort that went into it it's incredible 
and still you don't listen to a podcast. Great. You could at least say I listen to your podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I've listened to a few of your podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. It's in the, it's on the very short list of podcasts I've listened to. That's what made you decide serious. that's not it's not worth it to listen to a podcast. I listen to Marco's <laughs> not good. Uh Ben, yours. You say you have some favorite podcast? Oh, jeez. I mean, a podcast are basically how I get through my commutes, uh showers, etc. So, <laughs> my absolute favorite one is a goofy one called Doughboys, which is about chain restaurants. These two comedians go and visit chain restaurants and rank them. And it might not surprise you that it's very silly and not not too critical, actually critical of the restaurants in, in ways you might expect. They're not exactly hand, handing out Mich uh, Michelin stars, but I really love that one. And I think part of the reason I, I like it and I and I, I can't say I take a lot of lessons from it. But what I'll, I will say is that um, they act natural and they act like themselves and they're very open about things and they don't get to in their own heads. One thing you were talking to Ted about just now, which is like preparing for a talk. I think one thing I would say to anybody who's doing any kind of public speaking thing, whether it's a podcast that's pre-recorded or a live stream or a webinar or a talk, Ted talk is also not to get in your own head about something that you're doing at the time. If you say, uh, or you flub a word or something like that, we want to be our worst critics. Um, the, one of the reasons I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, what podcasts I don't listen to is tech done different when I'm hosting it. Cause I know if I listen to it, I'm going to beat myself up over things that probably don't matter that, Oh, you know, I should have inflected this word differently, or maybe I should have asked. There's always something you could have done different. There's always something you could have done better or whatever, but what makes you good at doing these things over and over and over and over is when you have the confidence to go in to say, I prepped, I know what I'm going to talk about. I know how I'm going to hold myself. I'm not going to, no one's going to care if I make this one little mistake in the middle of it. That's what humans do. And then go from there. It's a good point. But I have to say, maybe because it's English, it's not my first language. So it's even funnier when you listen yourself and maybe you put an S where you shouldn't. It's, oh, that wasn't a plural or there is that word that you can't pronounce. But when you listen yourself, at least a few times, you can really get to maybe fix some really bad mistake like the fillers and and all of that so i think there is a truth in between the two but i do know about actors that yeah. they wouldn't even want to watch their own movies <laughs> i'll ask i like to ask other people what they think okay i like to ask other people for their feedback and then by the way you take some of it you take and some of it you don't take no some, you can't you take know you, you, you 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 sort of listen to it you you take it in you absorb it and then you figure out what am i going to take away from it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ted, I, let's talk a little bit before we wrap here about the community. You've always been really involved in the community when we were talking just the other day about the upcoming um, IoT Village at RSA conference, but also that is you're one of the founder, of course, of, of, uh, of this. And um, so there is a lot of... Uh, podcasts in the community, in the cybersecurity infosec community. And I think it's a pretty tight community. It may be a little bit full of drama sometimes, but that's every family has that, right? So <laughs> there is a lot of people that have a podcast though. That's where I'm getting. I mean, what, what is your take on, I know you, you say you don't listen to many podcasts, but you know how active this community is. Maybe on a blog, maybe when we go on location, but you know, Having this 
think about, you know, you've gone guest, I'm sure, a million times on different podcasts. So the meaning of this candid conversation that people get together and people listen maybe for the community and for the awareness, who knows, of cybersecurity for people that are not in the community. So what's the question? <laughs> is is it important? Guys, no. Is it valuable for the community itself and oh. outside of the community? Or you think it's more of a, it's just another thing. We should do things different. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think all these different podcasts are really valuable to the community. Um, obviously, this comes with the disclosure that I already <laughs> outed myself that I do not really listen to many podcasts, including many that are in the security community. But I see what these other podcasters are doing. Mm -hmm. I see the types of conversations they're having, uh, the way they're positioning the shows, who the shows are for. And I think these are all really wonderful things. And I can't necessarily say this about many industries because it's not like I've you know personally been involved in many industries in my career. Security, I've been in the security community for the last 11. But I can definitely say about this industry that community is absolutely the right word um certainly there's it's not that everyone likes everyone else but that's that's true of any community uh and but it does really feel like a group of people who generally share consensus about what it is that we're trying to achieve you know everyone's trying to get better everyone's trying to you know help other people solve their problems in the community and that's one of the things i i love about it like I love going to a place like DEF CON, which I think can be so intimidating to a lot of people because they're like, whoa, this is, it's so technical. I don't know anything. Everyone seems to know everything and I don't. And you go there and it's like, if you stopped, I mean, I don't know, if you stopped 10 people in the hallways at DEF CON, probably seven of those people would go out of their way to help you. And the eighth would maybe not as excited, but they would still help you. And the other two, like, whatever, they're jerks. There's jerks in every yeah, industry. I think that would be a pretty high return rate of people who would be very excited to help. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, and that's why I connected that and, and I was blobbing about the question, but the fact that, you know, with, with the village, you, you, you are in touch with the community in person. But I do feel like the extension of having this conversation going on podcast after, and sometimes they're about diversity and inclusion, and sometimes they're about filling the gap in the industry from... A hiring perspective. So I think yeah. they're doing a lot. It's not just about talking about, listen, how good I am at this and what I do. So uh, that, yeah. I think there's a really big element of this too, that's unique uh, in some ways to like tech and cybersecurity podcasts and other content creation, which is that uh, one of the things I say all the time is that this is an industry of change. Things are evolving constantly in the particular, in, particularly in the field of security there, it's hard to find that single expert. I say hard, it's pretty much impossible to find that single expert, somebody who has a knowledge of all aspects of security and can protect you from everything. And uh, when these dialogues happen, whether they're in the form of podcasts or well-written papers or research or whatever it is, you're really just demystifying things for people who really need these messages. Um, a lot of people who are responsible for technology success or security success, whatever it is, uh, they have limited resources to get it. The information out there can be very, very confusing. Um, sometimes there's a lot of nuance. There's products and technologies themselves that just pop up and then all of a sudden people are expected to know them. I mean, just think about with this chat GPT stuff, how many people are sticking their, their, their tongues in the middle of this just to say what they want to say about chat GPT. And there's more to be said. 
And uh, there's probably people who think they're experts who probably aren't such experts and people who probably could spend a little bit more time learning about this. But I actually think it's really important that all of these content creators exist because if you don't have this sort of community that exists to go through this stuff, I don't think we're ever going to really understand how we can better implement these products and, and technologies as they arise. Great point. I think we need, we need to kind of be our own filter, right? So kind of like reinforce the, the good things and, and the one that are less. And I welcome new voices all the time. That's why I'm, I love to talk with other podcasters. And, uh, you know, it, it's not a competition. There is enough audience for everybody. And, and people listen to multiple podcasts. Mm -hmm. Let's finish with this, which is kind of like what I'm doing with as a final question for, for this conversation is, if you have to give one advice to someone that is been thinking to start a podcast and it hasn't done it yet, I mean, what what would it be? I mean, some people think it's too much from technology. Ben, you kind of mentioned that. It's like you don't really need that much, but there is that thin line. So anywhere in the podcasting recording field, what, what would be that one advice you would give someone? Well, I would say that being specific on a few things, but specific is the answer. And then I'll elaborate what I mean, but be specific. And by that, what I mean to say is number one, be specific in what your goal is. So like, why do you want to do this? Cause it takes time. It takes effort. You got to reach out to people. People do, you know, there's rejection. There's people flake. Like there's parts about it that are not as awesome. Um, and so when you run into those hurdles, that friction, being really clear on why you're doing this will make it so that those aren't a problem. But if you're not clear on why you're doing it, then th that'll be annoying. That will get in the way. So specific on what it is you want to achieve uh, and then specific on who you're going to serve. So being really clear on who's the audience, like people ask us all the time, they're like, Oh, do you have demographic information on who listens? And we're like, no, we have no way of knowing who's who is actually listening, but we can tell you who we're creating it for. And if we're doing it right, those people are coming to mm -hmm. this. Yep. And that helps guide what are the questions and who are the guests and the topics. And then, so the first is being clear on your goals. The second being clear on who you serve. And then the third is being really, really clear on, and specific, I mean, on how you will serve that audience. So having those three things really clearly understood, everything else figures itself out. Like what kind of mic you're going to use, what platform you're going to use to record it. Like all that stuff that's you got to figure out, you'll figure it out. Until you have those three things really understood at a specific level, it'll be difficult. Very cool. I love those. Ben? Uh, I have three things. So some of it probably aligns with what Ted says. So I think you do have to plan a little bit. Like if you're going to create any kind of content, you have to have a, a plan and agenda. It, you shouldn't, you can't just hit record and start going. You have to have some kind of idea. Um, but, but after that, once you have a plan, it doesn't have to be a perfect plan. I would just advise for any kind of content creation to just try, you know, don't, don't necessarily say this is my first episode of my podcast or the first blog of a blog series I'm writing, whatever. Just put something out there and make it to a standard that you think is good, and and put it out there. Do put in the put in the work, and then after a little while, don't be afraid to make a change and listen to what the what sort of what the universe presents to you as a result of it. You know, are, are people listening? Are they giving you really good feedback on some things and bad feedback on others? You know so plan something, put something out there, just try to put something out there. We can't let planning, you know, paralyze us. 
it can't be that we plan so much that we never get an episode out. At some point, you got to put something out there and see how it how people feel about it. And then after a while, you might say, okay, now that I've really established this, now that I'm comfortable with, with what this is, what is that little thing that I can do to make it different? We recently added this little thing at the end of the podcast where Ted and I just chit-chat about the guest and something we learned from it. And I think it makes the podcast a lot better. I just think me and Ted talking about something and us having our natural... First of all, it helps Ted and I record better. I think it helps us develop a more natural chit-chat between us. You know, he's in, he's, we're on the other side of the country from each other all the time we're doing these recordings. So we have to have good chemistry, but then also it allows us to actually show ourselves off some of the things we're thinking about, but we had to be willing to make that change. Um, and so that's something else I would say you have to think about. I think these are fantastic advice and, uh, yeah, be yourself, you know, Absolutely. there you go, but give it a go. Don't, don't wear a cool cat t-shirt, whatever that is. It looks pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of want that. It's a cat yeah. holding a 40? What, what's going on? It's with this a cat, cat holding a, a vodka. I got this in Japan, actually. So I oh, just love this little I kitty cat. Want it. Yeah, yeah well, I kind of need that. We'll, we'll get it. We'll find it. Anyway, this was fun. This was a lot of information. I think, again, I don't have a plan, especially for this one. I normally agree with you, Ben and Ted. At least those three to five bullet points, and then you can build a conversation around that. When I do this one about conversation about podcasting, I'm really confident because I'm actually having podcast hosts on the show. I'm confident they're going to talk. I'm yeah. confident they have stories. And I'm confident I'm going to have some good time and actually learning something. So I hope everybody listening right now is going to appreciate it. Um, maybe check out Tech Down Different with Ted and Ben. And uh, hit subscribe on Audio Signal Podcast, my TSP, and on the, the Tech That Different Podcast, and, uh, and on YouTube. We're not much to look at, but we're going to have the video there as well, if you just listen to the audio and you want to see what, uh, what we look like. This said, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it having you on. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.